Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Hey, good morning. Uh, We're going to jump in today. We're going to do something way different today. We've been working through Advent together as a church Advent are the, are the weeks prior to Christmas, and we look at hope, joy, peace, and then today was love, and Sean read that scripture around love. And Advent, the whole point of Advent is for us to get in a, begin a narrative throughout the month looking to the coming of Christ and remembering that the promise that Jesus did come, and then for us now as believers knowing that the promise that he'll come again. Now, one of the things that Hill City that we've done every Christmas that we've had, which is only a couple, is we've told the entire story of the Bible. Last, last year I did it on a, on a marker board and kind of drew through. We're going to tell this entire story of the Bible today again because here's a fundamental belief for us at Hill City, that the Bible is one big story. It is not just a collection of little stories thrown together. It's one big narrative that tells the story of God. And so we want to tell that story today, just as the Bible tells the story. And every week at Hill City, we walk through, we walk through this story every single week through four elements. And, and we always start with creation and the glory of God. So we sang a song this morning, come let us adore him. And then if you're, if you're with Hill City, you know these patterns. Then we step into time of remembering our sin and confession of sin. And then immediately after that confession of sin, it's understanding that we are forgiven and there's redemption in Christ and we, talk, and we work through that as a community. And then at the end, we have this time where we, everything comes and culminates on, in our gatherings on this communion, receiving communion together. And then our responses were sent out into this world as sent people to take God's message. We work through that, those four elements Creation, fall, redemption, and response and being sent. We work through it every single week. Well, we're going to do it today also, but it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And so here's what we're going to invite you to do today. We're going to invite you to immerse yourself into the story of scriptures. We're going to have two scripture readers. They're going to read to us selections that start in Genesis and work us through this whole narration of scripture. I'm going to be here to kind of help fill in the gaps and help kind of explain what's going on. We're going to have music that's going to tell the story. You all are going to sing together. It's going to help tell the story. And everything we're going to do today is to tell the story, and it's through the lens this morning of light and dark. Light in the Bible represents glory and goodness and flourishing. Dark represents evil and sin and destruction. And there's a, that's a narrative that's all through the Bible, the story of light and dark. So we're going to tell the Bible story through the narrative of light and dark. Now, one of the things that's kind of funny, some of you have already noticed, like, there's fog today. And if you know us at Hill City, we're, like, not fog people at all. Uh, there's a reason we're doing that, and that's because of the light and dark, to be able to see the difference in the two. And so our invitation today is to hear the story, to even see the story of light and dark and to allow yourself even to be immersed and feel the story. So light and dark in the Bible are not just an, it's not just an analogy. It really is a, a foundation, like a theological construct that the God's story is written in. Light versus dark. It's a pillar that God is resting in. So let's jump into God's story this morning. And let's start 
the very beginning. I want you to imagine the earth before God creates. It's dark. It's without shape. It's without form. It's empty. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Without life, without energy, uninhabitable, not ready for humans. It's the world before God creates, but the Bible says the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, ready to bring forth life and to bring forth, bring forth creation and goodness to bring light out of darkness. The Spirit's hovering. And it was into this world of darkness that God spoke the very first words, let there be light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And this light is not the sun. The light is the radiance of the glory of God. See, God made light without the sun so that humanity would know that all of life is derived from God, that all of life comes from God, that all of life is preserved by God. The light is God, and it is the source of all life. God's presence gives and sustains life. And with this presence of God in creation, with this light that he gives, flourishing happens. The Bible the, the Hebrew word for flourishing is the word shalom. Universal flourishing, goodness. And creation is flourishing. There's plants, and they grow, and there's trees and animals, and there's an order to creation. There's a rhythm to creation. Everything happens as God intends it to happen. And there was morning, and there was evening. It was good. There's a rhythm. There's morning. There's evening. It was good. And God continues his creation, continues to create. And now, in this world of rhythm, of goodness, of beauty, God breathes life into a new creation. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Humans. The crown of God's creation is humanity or image bearers of God, created with dignity, honor, and glory. And these humans now that God creates are now invited into his creation to help it flourish. He invites them into his goodness. That creation would flourish as humans help create. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Can you imagine the world as God intended with this rhythm? Perfect. The band's going to sing a song. Listen to the words. If you want to sing along, you can, but listen as we try to imagine God's creation here. Appeared from nothing. Oh, the light appeared from nothing. With the spirit brooding over waters, 
heaven meets earth. From night then came the morning. From night then came the morning. There was sky in the middle of the water. Heaven meets her. The sun revealed your beauty. The sun revealed your beauty. Every mountain. Imagine creation as God creates it. This is Genesis. This is the first two chapters of Genesis pointing to this beautiful rhythm of creation that all pointed to the holiness of glory of God. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Shalom, flourishing God in perfect harmony with creation. But evil has another plan. There's a curious darkness. An evil, this darkness, it's working against that this beautiful creation. Everything that God created for glory and beauty, this darkness is working against. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? A subtle curiosity. Evil inviting her to start to doubt the, the words of God, the words of God being good. Tempting her to doubt God's love. And when that doesn't work, evil presses forward with greater fury. An invitation to declare complete autonomy from God. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And to rebel from God would declare all-out rebellion against him. And the invitation of evil to humanity is, you can be your own God. You can be your own light. And the theoretical invitation becomes real in a piece of fruit. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And with this one act of rebellion, darkness infected all of creation. Relationship fractured. The rhythm broken. And without light, without God, humanity operates in darkness. And they become lovers of darkness. They become harlots of shadows. And very quickly, we're flourishing and beauty reign. Now murder and slavery and abuse and oppression reign. Humanity creates, creates its own version of flourishing, a me-centered version, a flourishing revolving around me and what I want, a marring of the goodness and beauty of God's creation. How horrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil, who turn darkness into light and light into darkness, who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter. So humanity created to know and love God now spread throughout the earth with no knowledge of him. They've completely forgotten him. Humanity has completely rebelled against its creator. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. And this darkness in humanity, it spread like an infection to all people. And left to our own devices, we would wither away under the weight of sin and destruction. Darkness looks hopeless. It looks like the darkness has won. Humanity, separate from God, in the dark, needing rescue. But not a rescuer from the inside, because there's where darkness is. A rescuer from the outside. A rescuer not infected with the curse of sin and darkness. You see, God has a plan. And this plan happens in Genesis with this little flicker of light. And that's a plan 
when God comes to a guy named Abram and he says to Abram, Abram, I have a plan. I have a light in the midst of darkness. I am going to do something in you. And he initiates a plan that starts with Abram, a covenant with him. And this is the beginning of God's plan, God's rescue plan. A covenant of promise, a promise from one little light of promise to restore light and beauty to all of creation. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So God gives Abram three promises. He says, you'll have a son, and he does. He has a son named Isaac. And from this son and his descendants, I will give you land, and out of this land will come a nation. That's the second promise. This nation becomes the nation of Israel, a flicker of light in the darkness. And from this nation, from this promise, will one day come the Messiah, the rescuer, bursting through to restore goodness and beauty. So this nation of Israel, this light, they're blessed by God, and they're blessed God says to be a blessing to other people, to, to show the nations this light of the goodness and glory of God, the way that God intended it to be. And this light is the promise of a coming Messiah. That's what this is. The covenant with Abram is a light of a promise of a Messiah that would come, that would bring light and would burst through the darkness. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. So throughout the history now, working through the Old Testament, God is working his plan through Israel. That's the Old Testament. It follows all of Abram's, changes his name to Abraham, all of his descendants. The Old Testament follows as God works his rescue plan. And if you've read the Bible, you know this. At times, Israel's light shines bright under King David. Everyone knows the God of Israel, but man, there are times in Israel's history where that light is but a flicker in the hearts of a few faithful followers, where Israel breaks God's covenant, they turn away and they worship other gods. But even through Israel's breaking of the covenant, God continued to work his plan to one day shine the light. He doesn't give up on his people, Israel. And God sent prophets to speak to the people, to speak of the faithfulness of Yahweh, to point Israel back to Yahweh and to his promise, and to keep Israel hoping for one day when God would bring this light bursting through. The prophets would speak to the future, and they would say things like, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. And the prophets called them to trust and hope and look with joyous anticipation for the coming of the Messiah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So together, corporately, help us tell the story. Let's stand and sing together as we look at Israel's hope and promise of the light to come.
captive Israel who mourns in lonely exile until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to God brings prophets to tell them what's going to happen. And then he tells them that one day the Messiah will come 
bursting, and they, and they will come bursting through like calves out of stalls, and the Messiah arrived. For the second time, God is willing to invade darkness. Jesus came, and not as a warrior on a horse, but as a baby, as an infant, from a humble family, Mary and Joseph, from this tiny little village named Bethlehem, this light came bursting through. Let's read this together corporately. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Sing this with us.
So God became man. He came as an infant in Bethlehem. But let us not forget what it meant for this God to come as a man, as a baby. He humbled himself to take on flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And he was made like every other human, hungry, thirsty, needing sleep, needing rest, needing prayer. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So this light, it came as a human, the new Adam who came to perfectly obey God where the first Adam failed. The new Adam, the light, has arrived. And Jesus was faithful. He was man, yet God at the same time, both human and divine. And as a man, he knew the temptations of the flesh, so familiar to us, but as God abiding in the perfect will of the Father. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he knew temptation, but he knew no sin. Because as God, he showed us who God was. He said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am God. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he is God. He's the way to a relationship with God. To know Jesus is to know God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And he showed us God. He showed us the character of God. If, if you've been with us in Luke as we've been reading this and, and going through Luke, he showed us who God was. To a blind beggar, Jesus restored sight. To a woman caught in adultery, Jesus protected her when all the men around her would condemn her. But to a self-righteous Pharisee, Jesus shares a meal. See, everywhere Jesus went, he was the light and the love of God. The love and light of God came bursting through. But the world rejected him. Jesus was opposed by the darkness. He was opposed by Rome, by Herod, by Israel, and even one of his disciples 
And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. So he was betrayed, sold, arrested, tortured, and finally crucified. The light, God on a cross, atoning for all of the sins of humanity, all the way back to Adam, the perfect sacrifice. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And as Jesus is on a cross, it appears that the light is done. But what we don't know until we read the whole story is that in his death, he is really bearing the sins of all humanity upon himself. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned, every one, to his own way, and the, and the Lord, Lord has, has laid, laid on him the iniquity of us all. So in his death, Jesus took the wrath that we deserved. Jesus died on a cross, and the Bible tells us even the sky goes black, and it appears that darkness has won yet again. Can you imagine the, the faithful few followers of him that had hoped he was the shining light of the Messiah? Can you imagine as they watch him take his last breath, how all of their hope must have vanished in appearing that dark and evil had triumphed. Let's stand and let's sing some more. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the King. He the theme of heaven's praises Robed in frail humanity In our longing, in our darkness Now the light of life has come And look to Christ who condescended Took on flesh to ransom us Come behold the wondrous mystery, he the perfect son of man. In his living, in his suffering, never trace nor stain of sin. Oh, see the true and better Adam come to save the hellbound the great and sure fulfillment of the law in him we stand. Let's sing Christ upon the tree. Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the same. Lamb, 
who you thought was the Messiah die, all hope seems lost. And you watch him be put in a grave, and it seems like that light is out. God in a grave. But then, a flicker of light appeared on the horizon, and just as the morning sun comes bursting through the darkness, so Jesus burst through the grave. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. So in his resurrection from the dead, Jesus, the light, the rescuer, the Messiah, burst through in glorious light. Let's sing this. Yes, come behold the wondrous mystery slain by death. that this plan of redemption was God's plan from the very beginning. And the crazy thing is, here are you and I, and now we're invited in to this story. We're invited into this plan, this God-initiated invitation where God came to us and invited us into his story. And for those who believe this morning, who are purchased and redeemed by the blood, all of our sins, past, present, future, clean, wiped clean in Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purposes, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So God's plan, no one knew, no one saw it coming. That God would invade light as a baby, conquer death, rise, and then invite all of humanity, not just Israel, all people, into his story. And if you're a believer this morning, the Bible says you are hidden in Christ. You're united with Christ. What that means is that everything Jesus did, his perfect life, his death, his resurrection, everything Jesus did, God now thinks of you as doing in Christ. Amen. Crazy. We are invited in. And so this light that came, it didn't just come to a world, but now the, 
The thing that no one saw coming, it came to us individually. It came to our hearts that God would shine that same light into our hearts. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it's only through faith, faith in the risen crucified and reigning son of righteousness that I have life. Here's the cool thing, not just I, not just you, we. We are invited in together as a church, as a community of believers to share with one another this story. We're a community of believers brought forth together as God's covenant people and we're invited in and we're invited to love one another and to show one another who God is by the way we treat one another. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So at Hill City, we never believe that we come here on Sunday and it's just, it's my me and God time, your you and God time. It's our us together and God time. We're a family of believers brought together. And one of the reasons that we believe this is, is even the practice that Jesus gave his followers. He gave them a meal to celebrate. And there's something about a meal that brings people together. And the cool thing in a church at a meal is it brings people from all different backgrounds together to share a common meal a celebration of God's story, of his goodness, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So we're going to sing another song, and as we do, we're going to receive communion just like we always do. But let us see that this is not the end of the story. The story is still going, that you and I receive communion together as part of God's story. Here's how we receive communion at Hill City. And if you're coming to serve, you can come on down. There'll be two people down front on each side. There'll be two in the back on each side. So if you're kind of in that back half, you can go to the back of the room in the front. You can come down here. And when you're ready to come, you can come anytime during the song. You want to take, we'll ask you to take a piece of the bread. You'll tear it off and you'll dip it in the cup. It represents the body and blood of Christ that's broken for you. It's a practice that Jesus gives us to tell us this story every single week. And we do it weekly at Hill City. If you're not a believer here, if you haven't yet believed and, and received this story, we would ask you to sit this out, and that's okay. There will be other people sending this out, but this is for family. You don't have to be a member of Hill City to take part in communion. We ask that you're a believer in Christ. Let's scan together, and if you'll go ahead and start coming up and receiving communion as we continue to tell this story.
instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show love. Where there is darkness, let me shine light and may your love cause us to open up, cause us to open up our hearts. May your light cause us to shine so bright that we bring hope into the dark. that chorus again. May your love. May your love cause us to open up, cause us to open up our hearts. May your light cause us to shine so
for the homeless. continues and it continues in us you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house so hill city may the light shine may the light shine in the crevices of our heart to reveal light and beauty where there was darkness and shame May the light shine to the orphan who longs for a hope and a, and a family and a future. May the light shine to the widow who suffers in lonely despair. And may the light shine to the abused who are fighting to heal from the brokenness of the past while looking to trust and to hope again. And may the light shine to our homes as we try to orient young hearts towards the Savior. And may the light shine our spouse as we love our wives and our husbands as Christ loved the church. May the light shine in our city for the flourishing of all humanity. To the refugee who grieves the loss while looking to ahead. To the poor riddled in anxiety over their next meal. May the light shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Guys, close and let's sing this song together. 
Should nothing of our effort stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain its builders strive to you who boast tomorrow's gain tell me what is your life amidst that vanishes at dawn all glory be to Christ all glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. His will be done. His kingdom come. On earth as is above, who is himself our daily bread? Praise him, the Lord of hosts. Let living water satisfy the thirsty without price. We'll take a cup of kindness, yet all glory be to Christ. Sing it all glory. All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. It's the best story ever told, isn't it? So Christmas, it's about looking back at the story. It's been told for generations of what God has done. And seeing this surprise of the light that not only came to the world, but now will come and live in our hearts. And for those of us that are believers, the invitation from God is to believe the story and then to repent, to repent of, of the darkness that we would want to bring back into this creation and to turn to light. And that's the Christian life, faith and repentance, faith and repentance. The story's not done because there's still a light. The light has shown in our hearts, but there's one promise yet unfulfilled. Do you realize this? There's one promise for the future. And it's what God is going to do in all of creation. And so Advent is looking back at the story, but it's also looking ahead at the promise. Just like the generations before in Israel, they were told to look for the promise of the Messiah. So now we are told to look for the second coming of the Messiah. And this light that will come once again is de it's depicted in Revelation as a holy city, a radiant city. One of the biggest misconceptions of the faith is we believe that we just fly up into heaven and have angel wings and, and float for eternity. That's not heaven of the Bible. Heaven of the Bible is one day Jesus coming back to creation to restore the beauty of creation, its original intent. That's the heaven of the Bible. And it's depicted in Revelation as a radiant city, a city coming down out of the heavens to the earth 
where Christ's light will always shine. Listen to Revelation where John in his vision talks about this holy city. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And then later in John, he'll say these words, and I want you to read these with us about this city. And the, the city, city has, has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. So as we told the story this morning, may you leave with that story on your hearts, and may the light shine in your hearts. And because Jesus came, may you go in peace. Peace be with you. You're dismissed. Mm -hmm.